How's it going, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Box Sash. My name is Mac. My name is Jay. And for today's episode, we have a very special guest. Uh, this is my brother, Nick, a.k.a. Mr. Cynic92. Uh, hey, guys. I am Cynic92, and thank you guys for having me on the show today. Dude, we appreciate having you. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, man. We've been been thinking about this for a little bit, and so we're excited to finally have you on here. So, oh, man, it's an honor. Your brain a little bit. So. Yeah, you guys, yeah. These guys are fucking awesome. That's cool to say. <laughs> oh, no, bro. Oh, yeah. we, hey, dude, well, we it's cool it. to say that we're awesome. I mean, yeah. It's, really it's not just because you're my brother, right? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> dude, so what, why we brought Nick is because he specializes in cinema. He knows everything movies. Every, I feel like he just, he just knows so much and has so much knowledge about everything about the art. So that's why we wanted to bring him here, a specialist, as we like to call him. And, like, I have a... Nick, just to get it going, dude, I'm curious, like, what started this whole journey of movies, directors, cinema? Like, what like what brought this on, man? Well, first of all, I've always been into movies when I was a kid. Yeah. And movies were just, like, my thing growing up. So I didn't... I think when I knew when I wanted to be, you know, into, like... I was in, I was passionate about film. You're like, it's something and, you want to do for your life. Yeah, I, yeah exactly. I, I discovered that when I was a sophomore in high school. Shit, And really? uh, it was in this class, this media production class that I took. That's where I discovered, you know, where I wanted... What I wanted to do with my life. And was really? basically, you know, visual storytelling or filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Was that in Hathaway's class? Yeah. Okay. Was, 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 I just wanted to clarify yeah. that. Okay. He's like, Jay knew, because we all went to the same high school. He's like, wait a minute. Yeah, I, I think I know. To, I think I know. So yeah, shout out to Hathaway for leading him into that yeah, direction. That's, that's pretty crazy. cool, man. So, I mean, as long as I've known Nick, he's always been in the movie. No, that's what I was going to say, dude. An incredible memory and just on different shit. Knowledge beyond knowledge. Yeah. I mean, you can ask this guy a lot of things, and I'm sure enough he knows the answer or <laughs> knows how to find the answer very quickly. Yeah. Um, I mean, Nick has opened. For me, opened up a lot yeah. of, uh, for a movie palette. I was pretty simple in my movies, and when I lived with them the first time, when I moved out, yeah. Nick opened me up to a lot of different films that I probably would have never watched. One of them being one of my favorites to this day is Citizen Kane. Really? you never seen that before, I had Nick? I never seen that before Nick had showed me that. No shit! So I watched Citizen Kane, and I f- fell in love with that movie, man. I was like, holy shit, this was a great movie. But I probably would have never watched it. I was starting to dabble into films because I started getting into like Clerks and Kevin Smith films, but Nick opened me up to a lot of different directors that were out of Shit, dude. So this guy knows a lot. Why we brought him on. I try, I know, I try. Yeah, dude, no, for sure. So, which leads me to my question. I want to know what film sparked it for you. What film made you want to get into all of this stuff? So, two films. Okay. Ooh, it was, okay. So it was the first film was actually Citizen Kane. Which, no uh, fucking way! That's yeah, that okay. was. Are you serious? Yeah. That's awesome. So Citizen Kane <laughs> brought Dude, what my the attention. Fuck? Yeah. So Citizen Kane definitely brought a lot of attention to me about what is cinema and okay. what is like classic cinema, and also just what it means to like tell stories through the camera through cinematography. Yeah. So that really broke the grounds for me. Okay. That, and then the second film was Schindler's List. Perfect. And Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So Schindler's List is one of my all-time favorite films. And I love it because it's just a powerful story. And the way that Steven Spielberg, who directed the film and won the Oscar for Best uh, Director in 1993, yeah. like, he told the story and in such a unique way. You know, he told it in black and white. He told everything using various aspects of cinematography 
and editing and all that stuff and yeah, yeah I just love that story and love the, the film you know the first time I saw it and that's immediately those two films definitely sparked uh, my passion for filmmaking which makes sense with Schindler's List because I know you watched it every year for your birthday yeah, yeah. so which wow. is crazy to me yeah I was <laughs> like that's a little such a, such a dark it. movie for your birthday but I mean hey people love their movies Exactly. I've always known that. Why, I mean, do you think, why do you think that movie intrigued you so much? Like, was it the camera? Like, exactly. I, I don't know too much about it. So, I, so. It, was, it was, yeah, it was definitely the um, the visual aspect of the film. So basically, yeah, cinematography, the the, um, the way the story was, uh, you know, it was based on a true story, of course. It's yeah. about the Holocaust. Yeah. But of course, you know, and but what really intrigued me was just the how uniquely the, you know, shot it was. And considering it was a black and white film, you know, but the thing about black and white films, they're so unique because, you know, it's just about the lighting. And the yeah. thing about lighting, lighting it really has a very powerful effect in storytelling. Yeah. Not many people know this because, you know, it's like uh, lighting has a very, you know, powerful, you know, way of, you know, telling stories, especially in how, like, they create the moods for a film. Yeah. So, like, a good example, I'm uh, going to go off a little bit. No, yeah, uh, it's yeah, the, the Batman. You guys have seen the Batman? The, the new one? The new Batman. Robert Pattinson? Yeah. yeah. Yes. You see how, like, really darkly lit it was? Yeah. You know, yeah. How, how, but that's the thing, is that because Batman, that's telling us, like, Batman is a very, you know, mysterious, but very, you know, darkly uh, figure. Because, you know, of course, that's what he wants to be, because for, to, fear, to create fear... For the criminals of Gotham. Yeah. Which which you can definitely tell because yes, that film is very dark and just from the lighting. And this because you know to two is that um it's a it kind of is considered like a film noir. Okay. And so film noir is basically like old. (laughs) So film noir is a very different genre. So it's like a. Wait, are we talking about Schindler's List again now? No, no, no. Batman. Batman. Yeah. I kind of got off a little. No, no, no. no, So film noir is a very kind of. a different kind of genre in cinema because it's very more about uh, awesome. it's about dark characters and dark you know uh, okay. settings okay. you know it's like detective stories you guys ever watch detective stories all yeah. the time could you say almost like Sin City Sin City yes yeah. Sin City is yeah. considered yeah. a film noir say. that, I, 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 that makes sense yeah. Sin City is some shit because, yeah. because yeah. how and the way it's you know considered film noir because you see all these characters are very mysterious very dark yeah. you know yeah. very and the lighting really helps because you know you get a sense like you know, these characters are very mysterious. Like, you mm-hmm. wonder, you know, oh my god, like, you look at the film, you think, oh my god, well, this feels very, like, mellow, very, you know, very dark. And that's the thing, that's what film noir is. Yeah. I mean, that's my definition of film yeah, noir. Yeah, yeah, well, from, yeah. from how you experienced it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But it's, of course, yeah. that not all film noirs are in black and white. There's always other films, too, that are... Cons- Considered a film noir. So now is no Schindler was considered a film. So noir. no 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 film noir. Okay. Uh, Schindler's is not a film wow. noir. Wow. Okay. okay. But but you said it relies a lot, a lot on lighting. What 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 kind of film is that considered then? Schindler's lighting? List. Oh well, it's more of a it's more of a biographical. Oh okay. And more okay. it's gotcha. like a, it's kind of like you know. Because there's some truth in it. It's a truth in it. It's a, it's a true story. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, you could say it's a historical film. I mean, of course, you know, it's took you know takes place in a period of time where. You know, the Holocaust happened. Like it's a real event. Yeah, so it's a biographical, you know, film. But yeah, so that's what really... Um, but anyway, The Schindler's List was definitely a film that really, like, caught my interest in, like, why I wanted to be a filmmaker. Okay. Isn't there only one color in that movie, too? Isn't it red? Right? Well, there's... So, um, spoiler alert, 
There are three points in the film that have, or four points, where <laughs> there, there's color. You see, do see color. It's the be- very beginning, the opening scene. Uh-huh. Then there's two points where, like, uh, two minor points where you see a little girl yeah. during the, um, the uh, what do you call it, the uh, liquidation of the Croco ghetto. And so that you see a little girl in her red coat, and you yeah. just see like all this massacre happening oh, around her, yeah. and she's just walking through the streets like no one is hurting her, you know. And then of course there's in the end where the uh, so the uh, Jewish um, workers they are they are doing the Sabbath, okay. and see the candles lit up, and they're actually like orangey color. Okay. Okay. And then so at the very the end, at the very end, you see like the surviving. Um, the surviving uh, Jewish people who um, who uh, survived the Holocaust, who's, who was saved by Oscar Schindler, yeah, and that's when the, you know that takes place in the present time. So she was one of those girls, the red, the red. On um, well, I mean, I don't. Oh, know. oh yeah, never mind, never, never mind, never mind, never mind. So, but yes, wow, that's so yeah, so yeah. But there's a reason though to why Steven Spielberg did that red color on that girl's coat. To wow. symbol, because it symbolizes the uh, ignorance of, of the other countries like the United States in preventing Shit. the Holocaust. Really? So, yeah. That's crazy. So that's yeah. that's what Steven Spielberg wanted to do. He wanted to show them that, you know what, everybody, everyone in the world knew about this happening to these people in, you know. And just didn't fucking do anything about it. Exactly. They let wow. them die. And it's like. Oh. <laughs> Fuck. I know. I mean, yeah. That's then, crazy. Yeah. And then no. World War Two came out, and yeah. but the war is, the, of course, the only reason we went into World War Two was because uh, Japan attacked us in Pearl Harbor. Yeah. And that we, really, we only went because they were initi- they initiated it. Yeah. You know, we didn't. And we were like, all right, no, no, no. Yeah. We don't throw the first punch. We fucking finish the fight. Yeah. And yeah, we finished the fight. Sure. God well, damn. Yeah. So that's kind of like why you know. So in those scenarios, that's why you see you see color. Okay. So oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool because I've only seen the movie I think maybe twice. Yeah. So I, I need to watch it. Again. Well, it's not an it's, easy. It's, a, it's not. Yeah, it's definitely not an easy film. Did you to say? Watch. Would you say you watched it like in high school or? I watched it in high school. What what grade? Well, I watched it. Uh, uh, I watched it by myself in tenth grade. So, so like you said, sophomore years what inspired him. So yeah, yeah. probably watched it. I didn't. Film. I didn't watch it with my class. Yeah, I watched just, it by yourself. That was yeah. a solo film. Okay. You yeah. find it on your own or? I found it on my own. No, it was on. It was on. Uh, on demand. Really? Yeah. Were you like, what's this? And you just watch it and you're like, holy No, uh, my, I think uh, in my media production class, my, Mrs. Hathaway definitely told told us about that film. And why, you know. Wow, I checked it out. And it really was yeah. interesting. Yeah, she definitely, it's funny because she was really into all that stuff. So it's she, was dope, she, she was dope shit. We all have her, huh? Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> she was cool as fuck. Oh, she yeah. was. She used to let me get out of his attention. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to you, you're the best. Yeah, so Nick, well, so speaking of like Sp- Steven Spielberg directors, like who would you say are like maybe your top three to five directors and their favorite films like from that director? My favorite films from them? Yeah, yeah like your favorite films from that director. Okay, so I got five. I have the first one is my all-time favorite. His name is Denny Villeneuve, and my favorite, and he's done films like. Sicario. He's oh, okay. done yeah. Prisoners. He okay. did. He just made the new Dune film. Okay. Oh, no and, shit. And he made a Blade Runner twenty forty nine, the sequel to the nineteen eighty two sci fi Blade Runner. Yeah. So, and speaking of Blade Runner, Blade Runner twenty forty nine is my all time favorite film. Both. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. And my favorite film from him. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So that's that's one director. Okay. So, and I just love that movie to death. Just how it's you know shot and just the story of Blade Runner is just amazing. 
Wow, fuck, okay. okay. And so the second director is a man named Derek C. in France, and he's made a couple films, uh, especially Blue Valentine, uh, with Ryan Gosling and Michelle Williams. Okay. He made uh, this film called The Place Beyond the Pines, which is, from, which is with Ryan Gosling again, and Eva Mendez. Sounds like you're a big fan of Ryan Gosling, my guy. Yeah. Every film, every yeah, director yeah. has Ryan Gosling. But, and, I love Ryan. But, uh, <laughs> fanboy. It's all yeah. good. Shout out, Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then, uh, but he just made a mini series with Mark Ruffalo. It's called, uh, two years ago, card I Know This Much Is True. Holy oh, shit. Yeah. You show me that show. Yeah. That is a great show. Holy shit. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, those, I love Luke Valentine. That's yeah. one of my, like, a great movie from him. Mm-hmm. But I think that show, though, is just amazingly, uh, it's just beautiful story. Did it win any, any awards? Oh, yeah, Mark Ruffalo, he, uh, he won... Two awards. No shit. Well, he won multiple awards, but he the two biggest awards was the Golden Globe and the Emmy for Best he, Actor. He won both. Yeah. Holy and no he, shit. So in this show, he plays twins. And what's interesting for this to make the show, one twin was like a little chubbier, and one tw- uh, one twin was like really in shape. Yeah, yeah. So in order to get ready for those roles, play twins, he had to shoot, you know, his uh, the twin that was fit first. And then, like a couple weeks later, he had to gain weight. He gained thirty pounds for this for this role to play the twin. And what's interesting about this twin, who was a little chubbier, he's he has paranormal schizophrenia. So the whole story of, the, of this series is basically the the twin who has uh, sch- uh, the paranormal schizophrenia. He gets locked up into kind of like a mental asylum, and his twin, who's the normal one, he he tries Damn to get out. Normal one. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, it's crazy. yeah. Nah, I'm kidding. But, That's nuts. But yeah, it's just a beautiful story about family, about, you know, about just betrayal and about, wow. you know, love and it's just all these other things. And that's just powerful to me, you know? You know, everybody, the thing about a good, that what makes a really successful TV show or a film is how powerful the story is. Yeah. And how powerful, how you can relate to the characters and how well you can, you know, understand the kind of scenarios that they go through. Yeah, through and, you know, if it's relatable. Exactly, yeah. you know? You get, like, attached to the yeah. people, so you kind of have, like, understanding and yeah. wow. feel for it. That's kind of crazy to imagine that recording one whole show, playing one part, reacting to another part of the show. That's fucking hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you usually go back and forth, you can feed off of, like, your partner's energy, yeah, but yeah. doing it solely by yourself, that's fucking tough. It is. Oh, yeah, it's not easy, man. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so if you guys have not seen that series, that, it's a miniseries, I highly recommend you watch it. I, it's called it is, I Know This yeah. Much Is True. It is a beautiful show. Yeah. So then the, the third director I would, is, uh, is my one of my favorites. His name is uh, Akira Kurosawa. He's, wow. a, he's a, a Japanese filmmaker. He's like one of the masters of cinema. He's considered one of the masters. Okay. And one of my favorite films from him is a, a film called Seven Samurai. Yeah. That's Seven great. Samurai is like one of the best oh. films ever made. And, and one oh. film, uh, if you haven't seen Seven Samurai, uh, you have to watch A Bug's Life. Bug's Li- a Bug's Life was based... Uh, Wait, A Bug's Life? The, the fucking Disney cartoon? Yeah, the, 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 the Pixar film. Really? Yeah. So if you don't know, if all of you don't know this, uh, a, Bug's what? Life, a Bug's Life was inspired... It's pretty much the same story as Seven Samurai. So <laughs> so what happened... What? Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, so basically it's like this. Like, in Seven Samurai, uh, a village hires a group of Seven Samurai to help them def- uh, defend uh, their crops against some bandits who want to take away their food. Yeah. And so, and if you think about Bugs Life, it's kind of the same story. The grasshoppers 
come to take, <laughs> to, to take their food, and so the ants. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah. And so yeah, that's pretty much was no the basis shit. of the book. What? I never fucking knew. Wait, what? Who, who's in the Seven Samurai? Oh, so a lot of these. Is that act- like a like a what kind of film? It's, is it's, it's an old, oh, it's an old film, old film from yeah. 1954. Holy fuck! None of, like. All the actors in it, I know some of them from other films that he, he they have made with uh, the director, Akira uh-huh. Kurosawa, but none that, you know, are popular to the eyes of everybody today. Wow. Yeah, but, uh, except for, like, guys like me, you know. Real like, cinema folk. Yeah, you exactly. Like <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. That makes sense. You know. yeah, I don't know. But at the same time, too, um, that uh, Seven Samurai was also made into, like, other films called The Magnificent Seven. There's the Western. Yeah. Which, oh, um, shit. The, ones, the recently 2016 version was the, of The Magnificent Seven that starred with Denzel Washington, Chris Pratt. Is Pratt. that, like, a similar concept? Yeah, yeah similar concept. Same story. No, shit! Cowboys now. Exactly. Yeah. yeah and That's fucking cool. So they made a lot of adaptations of that movie. Exactly. Well, two adaptations of the movie, but it's funny because when you really look at it, you don't notice that. Until yeah. You, you really kind of know the movies because I'm sure a lot of people I mean unless you're really like like Nick that's really really in the movies yeah. would have known oh Bugs Life is based off the Seven Samurai and it's like so it's I don't know I mean that's not something that you know every time so it's like cool to learn something new that's yeah. fucking you know? crazy bro I never knew cause I've seen a Bugs Life yeah so that's kinda wild holy shit god damn Nick you got another director for us or what yeah I do so uh, the last two so, um, a great, another great director I just admire a lot is a man named Andrei Tarkovsky. He was a Russian filmmaker uh, during the Cold War. And, uh, well, wow. even, so what's uh, interesting about him was that he told stories like Akira Kurosawa in a very contemporary way. And, you know, the thing about his, his stories, I mean, I think most audience today won't really except you know guys like me like they don't <laughs> sit folk <laughs> they wouldn't really get grasp uh, the concept of what he's trying to do so grasp gra- grasp oh, gra- oh sorry, sorry, sorry yeah sorry. so I mean the films he tells are very artsy very contemporary mm-hmm. and but the way how he tells it you know with the camera and the lighting it's all beautiful so a lot of stories been told through the camera and yeah the, the imagery yeah the imagery okay. and that and that has a very specific message like that you know not people won't understand at first but you have to really pay attention to what you're observing wow yeah and I mean there's been a, a lot of few, uh, films I, I mean I would recommend I would uh, say right now is one of my favorite. I mean, you guys probably never seen it, but it's uh, this film. Oh my god, just so many, so many films, so many films. <laughs> but there's this, there was a sci-fi film called Solaris, Solaris, okay. and it was remade into a film um, with George Clooney of the same name and the okay. same, and the same story. Oh. Okay. So anyway, um, yeah, Solaris is just like an amazing film. There's a scene where you know, like uh, this guy, this astronaut, and like um, his wife, they're like sitting in a kind of library and like. And they they're floating, and they're floating, and they're like you wonder, and everything is floating because this was made in 1972, and now they they didn't have the technology that we have today for uh, visual effects. Yeah. And it's like, and you and I'm just sitting there, I'm thinking, how did they do that? Especially in that time period. How exactly. Did they do that? Yeah. yeah. And so and it's like that's why it always keeps me interested. Like, like how do they did that stuff? Because you know. God, the technology today is just so advanced yeah. that anything is possible. That's but cr- back then, you know, everything they were doing, it was just groundbreaking. Yeah, it's just like the shit with George Lucas. 
Exactly. Star Wars. I mean, that yeah. you look at other films like Tron that came out at the same time, yeah. and how it like blew it out of the water. I mean, they yeah, got like sure. full on ships in space. Yeah. Like, I was like, what the fuck? Imagine you know? being in those seats, like, what? Oh my yeah, god! Like that's you know that's so that's it's crazy. You know, yeah. stuff like that. They make things work yeah. somehow, but that's what made them stand out exactly. compared to everything else because they were able to break. And the new grounds in filmmaking, which is crazy. Yeah. Because that's shit that you you like, you know, you love yeah. to watch. You know, that's what makes people. Because you think like that. the normal, the normal, you know, viewer is like, yeah. wow, the story. And then if you're like a cinephile like Nick, yeah. you're like, how how did they manage to record this? Come like these people doing this with you know what yeah, technology? With the limited technology that they have. Yeah, exactly. Like you're thinking with like a director's mindset almost. Like how how do I make these people float? And yeah, next exactly. over here going, how do they make those people flow? Yeah, it's yeah. a different wow, perspective. Wow, that's pretty fucking yeah, interesting. Different perspectives, right? Because your yeah. mind works on a different, yeah, that's different fucking kind cool. of wavelength because you're into that type of stuff. That's yeah. cool. Versus like someone like maybe me. Or We're just there for the show. Just watching the show <laughs> you know? I'm there for the story wow. and that's, that's it. That's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and the, uh, Tarkovsky's films are very, I would like to say they're very universal uh-huh. because they have specific things in them that, of course, they that aren't, you know, you know, right away uh, brought up the point. But of course, if you have to pay attention. You have to keep uh, observing yeah. what, you know, the film is going with. So, and that, that's just like another, so that, that's what I love about it, you know. That's something cool. When you're, when you're telling a story simply through a camera, through images, through, uh, you know, lighting, it's just, that's just the beautiful thing of storytelling. Yeah. But of course, now these days, you know, everything is about, you know, about you know uh, Hollywood, you know Hollywood the filmmaking today. She's like you know the Avengers and Star Wars. People yeah, like man, that. She shit on that shit. I love uh, that movies. Oh no no, and there's nothing yeah. wrong. With it. I believe me. Hey, that that's that. That's I get what it. I get. What Nick's saying yeah. is more about mainstream Hollywood now versus yeah. like the independent stuff that works on the side. It's more about making the money and not telling yeah. a story. Yeah. yeah. Versus the films that come out at those like yeah. Sundance films and all those festivals yeah. that are coming yeah. out. Those are different types of films because people are putting more effort it feels like into those types of things yeah they're trying to create art yeah Yeah. trying to create art instead of like getting paid yeah I mean yeah of course you know there's nothing wrong yeah yeah, of course yeah absolutely you know like you want to be have a a certain aspect of art that will touch people's hearts you know that will grasp a certain you know essence in their in their minds it's gonna speak to them in some sense exactly and that's what I love about that kind of cinema it's appealing to me that it does that and then saw so the last filmmaker. Oh, oh, you're good. Sorry, <laughs> oh, sorry. I spilled a little drink. Nick spilled a drink on set. Sorry, guys. That's not normal, anybody. I'm uh, sure you just scared them half to death. No, but uh, you shouldn't put it by your feet, man. <laughs> uh, lesson, lesson learned. Lesson learned. <laughs> but anyway, the uh, the last yeah. filmmaker I uh, I really admired too is a uh, a man named uh, it's from he's from Hong Kong. His name is Wong Kar Wai. So, wow, what the fuck? Yeah. And he's made a lot of movies in the past. He made um, he made this film called. Uh, it's not one of my favorites, but it's like it's it's a great film though. It's called The Grand Master. It's about Ip Man. Okay, yeah, I've heard of The Grand yeah. Master. Oh. I don't know if I've seen the film, but I've heard of this because I like Ip Man. Yeah, Ip Man. Yeah, it's a great. Those are great films. Heck yeah. But so, but that director though, Wong Kar Wai, he's a he's a fucking master of one of the best in like the business today especially in the contemporary business yeah so and one of my favorite films from him is a film called In the Mood for Love 
and that's a film about like a like a, a wife and a husband, but they're not they're not they're both married to other people. Yeah. But they found out they find out that their spouses, their respective spouses, have an affair are having an affair, and so then this this couple, you know, the wife and the husband, yeah, they contemplate about whether or not they should have an affair too, because they start to like you know start to develop feelings for one another. Yeah. But of course they won't. They don't want to you know Do commit that. the same mistake. Yeah. And I think it's a beautiful film and like the color. Uh, the, the cinematography is just such beautiful cinema. It's beautiful filmmaking. A lot. Uh, and I'm telling you, it's one of the, uh, you know, one of the greatest... Ro- I watch it every day, every Valentine's Day. What? I, I watch it for, yeah, I watch this film every Valentine's Day. Really? Yeah. It's a... You're cool. It's a, it's, a, You're cool. it's a beautiful film, despite, you know, like, the topic of all of it. Yeah. yeah. Dang. Okay. Yeah. So... Nick, one thing I would like to ask, what's some advice you'd give somebody that's trying to get into film? You know, it's, I know it's not an easy thing, and I know it's, it's definitely something that you got to grind at, so what's some type of advice you give somebody that's wanting to go that direction? Well, I, the one advice I would give is don't be lazy. If you, have the te- if you have the time, you know, if you have the opportunity, if you have the equipment, pick up a camera and start filming. Because honestly, you know, I know it's it's not easy to get into filmmaking, and because it takes a process. But at the same time, too, you know, what I didn't do, what am I think one of my mistakes that I made when I tried to be a filmmaker, because I want I want to be a filmmaker. But at the yeah. same time, too, one of my mistakes was I didn't start sooner. Yeah. Okay. Well, of course, you know, as look the, the John Lennon song "Beautiful Boy" says. Life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. Okay. And of course, uh-huh. other plans came on. You know, I had to. You know, I had to yeah, go to college. I had, you know, I had to work. Yeah, you know, yeah, life to live. Exactly. But at the same time, too, I think, you know, at the same time, I didn't just, you know, start making my own stuff like I should have. Yeah. And you don't do it. Yeah, exactly. Because you know, you know, if you start, uh, if you do what I do, what what I suggest you do, you know, you'll start learning how to tell stories, yeah. at at that early stage. You know, you'll start. To learn how to, you know, how to tell a story through through the camera, and how, how to write, you know, as you go along. Okay. Ah, that's pretty good, man. Because yeah, I think that's the hardest part. Yeah. I think is the story is to build that. I think is the hardest part because and picking up a camera because it's not easy just to film something. That's true, man. It's, no, one, no. Thing to, it's one thing to get pictures. a camera. To <laughs> no, see no, no. Much, you know. You know, so it's 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 definitely it's just like anything, right? It's the hardest thing it is to, is to do it and to put time into it, uh-huh. you yeah. know, with anything, which is, I think, pretty valid. Yeah, so, yeah no. You know, and yeah, you got to grind at anything, man. Nothing just comes to you. Exactly. you got to do the effort. You're, you're only going to get what you put into it, Yeah. you know, and you'll you'll receive as much as an effort that you're going to put into something. Exactly. So yeah, that's pretty good advice, Nick. And Nick, would you say, like, when it comes to, like, gaining the knowledge, like, someone's, like, curious, like, wow, I would like to get into the or like into how to direct and how to do this like how do you how do you find it how do you find the information to like teach you because one thing to be passionate but how do you find the resources like is there books is there like you know what do you do like what what do you recommend that someone who wants to get into cinema 
gets into like watching movies is one thing, but like yeah. how do you develop the rest? How do you get like the the form like the formal knowledge that you have? You know, like noir. You know, like what I'm saying. Like how do you develop that? How do you how do you find those answers? Well, there are two ways to think of it. Like what you can do. One is yeah, you could buy book. You can read books. Yeah. There's so many books about cinema and filmmaking that you know people can just go and buy and read. But then also too, it's going taking uh, going to college. Yeah. Now you know you don't have to really go to college just to be a filmmaker. Yeah. But at the same time, you know it's nice to to get that degree. It's nice. It's nice to get that knowledge from other people, mm-hmm. and yeah. you know and try to like you know gain any information you can from all these like experienced you know um, people you know all these experienced uh, guys you know who went into the field and yeah. you know have tried. It's like resources that you exactly. Yeah, basically, you know, it's people yeah. you know, meeting people, you would yeah, say, in general. Exactly. If you don't go to college, it's finding people who have the same passions and yeah. learning from each other. Exactly. Yeah, and so that's, you know, th- those are two ways you you can go at it. Wow. You know, if, yeah. if you really want to be a, you know, you really want to, like, understand cinema. So, I mean, and that's pretty much, like, what I think, you know, one could do. Or you can... You can subscribe to Cinemic92 on Instagram and TikTok, yes. and he will provide knowledge as well. Because yes. even on your TikToks, I've seen like you know you will he would talk about a movie he's seen and the ways that make it like such a special movie or you know different camera angles. Like that's some fucking knowledge, dude. To know like oh they recorded this way, this like you have so much knowledge on film that fucking like shocks me. You know I'm like wait what? Yeah, you know how to break it down, so you like yeah. you know that's in. Uh, I think a lot of people would gain that from your page. You definitely break it down with each movie that you you put on there, you know, and it's a lot of information, which you yeah. can definitely gain. I mean, there's movies that I've never seen that I've definitely wanted to see just because of the information you've put on yeah. those films. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, my, my movie collection grows every day, you know, yeah. what I can watch. There's so many movies out there that I haven't watched just because I haven't, been to that part of the cinema yet yeah you know yeah. and there's there's some great films that you would never have thought to watch yeah. you know and it just give it a shot and you'll be shocked man, in some of the films there, there, there are some films that they make, may make you raise an eyebrow yeah there have been some films I, I, I'm gonna say I heard you tell me while Nick's been watching and I'm like what you're like what the fuck is this I'm going back to something but that's that's all part of that's part of cinema that's part of anything that you do there's 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 films that that you watch that nobody else is going to understand why you're watching it. Yeah. But you're watching it for a whole different purpose than just watching the film. You're great. Yeah. You're gaining something from it, you know, and that's because your mindset's different than like if yeah. my brother sat there and watched one of these films and we're like, what in the fuck? Yeah, you basically, wa- you, I feel like you watch movies to fucking develop your palate and yeah. to help you become a better director. Exactly. Whereas, I, I can't speak for you, Jake, but I watch movies and TV to get a good fucking, you know, Entertain experience. Entertainment. Entertain you know, me. I'm not trying, you know, after I see it, I'm like, wow, that was fucking good, but I'm like, ooh, that really helped me realize this, how I can change my form of this. Yeah. This stuff, you know. I don't watch it for that, but you, yeah. would you, you, you say, would say that you, you do, Nick, right? So is, that, so is that something that you typically would do then, like watching a film? Like, do you break it down? As you watch it, or do you kind of watch the film? That's true. Do you watch yeah. when you watch a movie for the first time? Do you watch for the story, or do you like kind of like, oh, look at how they're recording it this way, or look how they're filming it this way? Like, what is your brain process? What is your thought process well, while watching a film? I do so. Believe it or not, I do both. You know, I Holy pay shit! I pay, I pay attention to the story. Yeah. 
but then I'm also observing all the elements that are within that, like that shot uh-huh. within a scene. It's like, and you, I have, to, I really like pay attention to where the light is showing, and just how what color they use to uh, express, you know, to fill in that scene. Uh-huh. Because believe it or not, I mean, I'm not to go off topic or anything. No, color has a very powerful effect in movies. And a great example of this is um, a couple of movies. Like, for example, The Matrix. Yeah, okay. So, you ever see, notice how, like, you know, when they're not in The Matrix, it's all bluish, all kind of purplish? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And then when they go into The Matrix, it's all green green color. Like, everything's green. Well, that's that's an interesting thing because I think when it's, it's uh, using those two different colors, it's separating uh, reality from, yeah. you know, fantasy. Gotcha. Or you know fiction. Yeah. Because you know in the real world this is this is where they live. You know this is life is like a big you know uh, what do you call it uh, dystopia as they call it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course in the Matrix, it's it's just pretty much a dream world. Yeah. You know people where not like um, you know people don't think like uh, that it's just it, well, it's a dream pretty much. Yeah, it's almost like a utopia. Yeah. Where you're not putting more. Where they're trapped. Yeah. Where they're trapped. Yeah, I don't even realize. They it. don't have a sense of freedom, even though they don't know that. Wow. Yeah. But color, you know, at the same time, there are a lot of films that definitely, you know, filmmakers use the power of color to express, you know, a certain feeling. And I was going back to Schindler's List. I was telling you about how. Uh, Steven Spielberg wanted to use the, uh, the red for the little girl's coat. Yeah. Because to express the message about how ignorant you know the other countries were about the Holocaust. So do you think when you're when you're noticing all these things, like you're noticing how the lights film, you're noticing how the colors used, do you think that helps you kind of predict what's going to happen in the movie? Well, you know what I I, I really can't say because you know what okay. I have to keep a tent. I have to peep keep it with the story okay so you're trying you're like when you're watching a movie you're like almost stressing because you're trying to understand both yeah exactly <laughs> that's some shit man like, at the same time too you know like you know every scene could be different you know yeah, yeah, yeah. one scene could be literally dark and then the next scene could be you know very light like very yeah. lightful i mean it could have a different effect yeah you know, it could have a positive effect or negative effect yeah that so, yeah, but you have but i definitely have to keep you know paying attention to how this where the story goes Fuck. Damn. Yeah. That's some shit, dude. That's some knowledge. Dang. Dude, well, fuck, man. Honestly, that, you know, that's our episode, man. Nick, well, well thank you so much out. for being on the show, Nick. I mean, you definitely gave us a lot of information, and uh, it was nice to get to pick your brain a little bit. Yeah, uh, I did. About the film. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for having me here. It was really great, uh, you know, getting, being the, uh, having the opportunity to just talk about all this cinema stuff because I didn't really get to do this a lot. No, dude. It's, it's no. awesome, man. Because, dude, it's definitely... I mean, I feel like it opened my eyes. I'm like, wow, I never thought this way. And, wow. To, to process movies a certain way, like, that's... You know, that's dope, man. That's yeah. fucking cool. I mean, but, of course, you know, this is just my perspective. But, I mean, other filmmakers out there, they have a different perspective in, uh, when, when it comes to cinema. So, it's yeah. just, I'm just giving everyone my point of view yeah. of how I see cinema. And um, so, that's pretty much, you know, like... I mean, I'm not an expert. I'll be honest. I'm yeah. still learning it. I'm yeah. still in the. I'm still learning, and You're that's okay. Learning, right? Every it's just everything you know about filmmaking. You know, it's every 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 lesson. You know, is a new experience. I like that. Yeah. Really, you know. Heck yeah, man. For sure, man. Yeah. Make sure you guys follow uh, my my boy here on Instagram. Uh, TikTok, he's at Cinenic92, is that right? That's correct. Dude, right on, man. Appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys, for being with us for another episode. 
we'll see you guys next time. Peace.